When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Woke Bros. Of course, I'm your co-host, Big Waz, and I'm joined back again like he never left. Nando Vila, what's going on, bro? How's it going, man? Good to be here. Fantastic. Fantastic. I, you know, you celebrated, a well, we celebrated a birthday of yours not yeah. too long ago. That was a great time out in, what, what's it called? La Quinata? La Quinata, dude. I can uh, yada, yeah, which I'd never been to in my life. Oh yeah, my goodness. If, if you go if is... you ever go back there for any other reason other than like just going back to that house, I'd be really shocked. Yeah, yeah, it's never gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. it's never gonna happen. I, I, I used to think Encino was the burbs, it's just not. <laughs> yeah. Like if this you if if you go over there, I was like, wow, like this is suburban right here. This is yeah. White picket fence, American dream type of situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had a great time. You know what I mean? Great grub, swimming, great wine. Just an incredible time for your birthday. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, on today's show, we want to get into the Senate race. I had um, Jess Burbank from TYT Rebel HQ up here last week in your stead. We were supposed to get into the Senate race, but I just, we got into all kinds of other stuff. And so we didn't. So I figured we'd give the people a sort of like just a quick overview of the important sort of swing races that are going on right now. Just a couple of them, just to pick up, pick them out. Yeah. Um, but first, man, what I wanted to talk to you about was two articles I read um, today, actually, this morning. One was in Jacobin Mag. Uh, where they're talking about, you know, polls are showing that the economy is essentially all they care about, economy, inflation, how they're going to pay for groceries and rent and all of these ridiculous I increases and how the Dems are essentially ignoring this fact. Um, yeah. And not just cynically because they're ostensibly in control and these things are happening under their watches, but some substantive, substantive reasons as to why they're not and, you know, the things that they've decided to make their messaging. And then, of course, I read in the New York Times that Procter and Gamble and Nestle, they're reporting great profits. You know, they're like, look, people aren't buying as much, but our price gouging and price hikes are such that we've maintained, you know, our profit yeah. range, right? Like the range of profit that we're used to, essentially, which means that Everybody else feels the pain except for major corporations. Like we yeah. all will bear the brunt of, you know, the after effects of a pandemic, inflation, etc. We'll all feel that pain at the pump, in our rent prices, at the grocery store, etc. But big business, no, ooh, we too big to fail, baby. Um, yeah. And I just found that fascinating. For a couple of reasons, right? Um, I was listening to 
this is revolution this morning um, as, I, as I was working out. And shouts to our brothers over there, my man Gene Bajlan, Pascal Robert, Jason Miles, all my dogs over there. And they had um, Derek Davison of American Prestige, yeah. friends of the show. Those that, That's damn near our brother podcast, right? And they were talking about the Saudis and sort of U.S. foreign policy. And I thought Gene brought up and Pascal both had the point about, you know, the sort of Democrats shtick right now is this kick about democracy and saving democracy and, you know, and uh, the, 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 the Putin is, is an enemy of democracy and, and you know, we got to preserve liberal democracy all over the world. And that's why you got to put a Ukraine flag up. And that's yeah. why we got to fund the military to the tune of 40 billion bucks and democracy. And, you know, it, it got me to thinking, honestly, um, Nando, I'm like, well, democracy in a country that's, you know, two-party rule monopoly. Um, if you even want to even think about getting into a house race don't even think about getting into a senate race where you got to raise prop like in certain states it's like a hundred million dollars like that that's about as anti-democratic as it gets right and yep. this money that you're raising isn't individual citizens like some popular support that you're getting you're raising it from corporate actors right who have an outsized influence on our democracy right and like this this democracy that we're that they're fighting for and they're standing up for is like it's really not all that democratic like i'd, I'd love to hear them at least acknowledge this shit right how just anti-democratic so much of our system is but whatever like i just thought about like the shit that the dems are going with which is like you know they're coming to Take your abortion away, which, again, we think is important. People should have access to abortion. And, you know, we got to protect the democracy and, the, you know, the, the voting and the this. And, you know, vote, vote, as Obama would say, vote, vote. You don't like don't how it's going? Vote. Don't boo. Vote. vote. You know, <laughs> don't boo. Vote. <laughs> you know, okay. all of the patronizing that these cats do. And then, you know, you realize that, like, the things that people care about, they're not even running on. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and, and it's it's remarkable because it's happening in the midst of this inflation that you mentioned uh, that you mentioned in the beginning, uh, because it is true that they're not running on stopping the inflation. They're not running on the economy because mostly they're on board with the Federal Reserve's policy of essentially purposefully engineering a recession, um, which is going to be disastrous for not just for the millions of working people who are going to be affected by it, but also the Democrats, because if it happens under their watch, you know, they get blamed for it. Um, this really hasn't happened. The the sort of federal federal reserve induced recession hasn't happened since in 40 years, since the Volcker shock of, of the late 1970s, again, under a Democratic president, which led to basically an entire decade of Republican dominance um in in politics well why would and, the democrats want to avoid that <laughs> who knows but uh they're not running on that because they're basically on board as that the only thing that they can do with this inflation is to induce a recession which is ridiculous you know and it's counterproductive and stupid um and yeah they're running on these kind of high-minded ideals at a moment when people are feeling the pinch in their wallet and that's just kind of a recipe for disaster i mean 
The only saving grace is the Republicans are just, you know, psychotic, frothing at the mouth reactionaries, which are also very unpopular. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's the only reason why the Democrats even have a prayer in yeah. in this election. Like this should be an absolute wave election. Just given that. The economic, yeah. Just given the economic. And by the way, it might prove to still be that, um, you know. Yeah. yeah. No, they still, the- they still, I think it's still like over 50 percent that they lose. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that they like it should be that they be they should be losing big given mm-hmm. the economic situation of the vast majority of people um but yeah i mean it's 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 this this i don't think people realize just how reckless the federal reserve's policy is because this is the first time this is really being tried in a globalized economy you know like ever since globalization really kicked in in the 90s um and now has just like fully taken like you know capital is just fully integrated into a global system we don't really know how this is going to behave um and it just belies the the lack of imagination and the lack of politics that exists, not just here, but really all over the Western world, in that that's our only solution to inflation rather than figuring out how to stop it at the root, which, by, by the way, it's largely driven by supply chain issues as a result of COVID and the war in Ukraine. You know, there is obviously no talk of stopping the war in Ukraine. We're just fueling it as much as we can. You know, now Ukraine's going to win it. So we got, we're no, already backing the winning no, side. We're going to be at this for 10 years. Oh, <laughs> you God, know, energy God. prices are fucking soaring in Europe. Like, I think in Spain, it's like, you know, like, I mean, it's crazy, like, how people are, you know, getting f- pinched uh, just by the energy prices because the gas. Uh, from Russia's bit getting cut off. And then they're looking for other sources of energy, driving energy prices up everywhere, you know? Um, it's clearly driven by the by the war in Ukraine. Um, so just inducing a recession in the midst of that seems crazy. There is a solution that used to happen back in the day, like in the middle of the 20th century, when this country had large unions. It's basically what would happen is like politicians would sit down at a table with the union leaders and like the representatives from like the business associations and we're like okay let's just work it out like the, what 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 negotiation can we hand, can we live with on a price fixing essentially like let's fix the prices mm-hmm. for energy mm-hmm. let's fix the prices for food let's fix mm-hmm. and like it was like this the unionized sectors representing ie like regular people you know like they're they're workers but also just generally the american public um just sitting at a table and hashing it out they used to call it like beer summits or something like that like what obama did with uh the cop and Henry Louis Gates. Um, yeah, that's what that was called the beer summit. Yeah, they would just uh, the they would literally, but yes, the beer summit. Yeah, they would just they would just sit down at the table and fix the prices instead of just like raising interest rates, inducing a recession, throwing millions of people out of work, um, getting another million people like just very like much more precarious and. Yeah, so it's 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 a bad situation, and the the Democrats are just doing nothing to stop it. Man, um, and and just so our listeners can understand, like the logic of the Federal Reserve, right? Like they've the Fed chairman, he comes out. Uh, what's his fucking name? Powell. Jerome Powell was sounds appointed, like a black guy, but he's a white guy. Yeah, yeah. Sounds that's a black name. That's a classic. <laughs> that's yeah, a classic. Powell. Like, did he play Black in, like, NFL in, like, in 1980s? Yeah. It's like the opposite of the Celtics' new coach, Joe Mazzula, which right. is like, wait, that's not a Goomba from Bensonhurst? That's crazy. <laughs> um, the I, Like, he, Powell came out and said, yo, uh, workers are feeling the squeeze of 
price increases of, you know, all over the place. Wage increase has not met the rate of inflation, right? Like he says that like, because remember, they were talking all this shit about how workers are making so much and it's fucking up the economy and that's what's causing the inflation. And he's like, well, no, actually their wages aren't even at the rate of inflation right now. Like they're getting, workers are getting their asses kicked. So they recognize that's already happening. And essentially the idea, and correct me if I'm wrong, Nando, is that they put enough people out of work, the, uh, thereby making their blessed customers for these goods. And that being the thing that drives the prices down. It drives like, everything down. It drives wages down, you know, because when you have more people out of work, there's less, uh, you know, there's there's more, uh, you know, there's more supply scarcity of, of the work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you you drive wages down. You basically you you raise interest rates, which makes it harder to borrow money, which makes it harder for businesses to invest in things, to buy goods, to whatever. Um, so it reduces economic activity. People buy fewer cars. People buy fewer houses. People buy fewer things. Like when you can't borrow, you just buy less shit. Um, and businesses also like invest in less shit, produce less shit because it's just. It, the, the the cost of money is higher, so you reduce economic activity, you slow down the economy, you tick up inflation, uh, sorry, unemployment, um, and that should bring prices down. The problem is that that's really like just causing a lot of suffering, just to bring prices down instead of instituting some negotiated price control system, right? Which you just like literally just you know you eat it out of the profits. Right. You just kind of say, like, OK, you have to reduce the profits and, and we, we we make the workers whole. Um, and that usually comes out of some again, under, you know, mid 20th century capitalism, it usually came out of a negotiate tripartite negotiation between employers, employees and then the state kind of mediating in the middle. So um, that's basically what it is. Um, the problem is that, like. The Federal Reserve is saying, like, oh, we'll just uptick inflation to like, you know, 4.4 percent or whatever by increasing interest rates by, you know, one or 2% or whatever they're doing. And like, like, as if that was like a uh, chemistry ex experiment, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's not, they, they don't fucking know. Like it could, they could just like skyrocket unemployment to like yeah. 8%. And then I'm like, mm -hmm. ah, they're like, what the fuck? You know, like yeah. they, it's not, it's not like a exact science in that way. Especially, like I said, this is the first time they're trying it under a fully globalized economy. So there's gonna be kind of like all kinds of weird after effects they don't, they don't understand. The basic trade-off was like to understand it kind of in the simplest terms, right? Is when there's inflation, every worker suffers, like everybody suffers, right? When you when you take up unemployment by a few percentage points, maybe like two out of every twenty people will get fired, and those people will suffer, but the other eighteen will be slightly better. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like you're just if that's like the grim trade-off, right? Mm -hmm. Where you're like. Let's just fucking execute two people yeah. so that we all just kind of live a little better. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Instead of kind of finding another way to do it. Like I said, that there are, but they're just not politically viable. And, you know, <laughs> and what you just described, Nando, about mid 20th century government policy to deal with this kind of stuff, uh, to make sure people didn't get completely squeezed by these forces that aren't controlled by people. It's just, you know, kind of forces that happen within the magical market, right? These are just problems that arise in capitalism. Like it just is, uh, like 
you know, and again, you're not allowed to, you're never allowed to talk about this in mainstream culture, media, whatever, and be like, isn't this just a function of capitalism that these fuck ups happen, that the Fed has to step in this way that like, isn't this just a, a byproduct of the system? You're never going to hear anybody say that. But what that's called is, you know, price controlling <laughs> like, yeah. the government stepping in and control, literally controlling the price of goods. And that is an absolute dirty word, dirty term in today's democratic um, party. Like you can, like that, that would, that, that would, that's no, yeah. <laughs> no, no, Joe, I, Joe Biden, I, he would never utter those words out of his mouth. Like, yo, we need to control prices. Like they just don't like the ideology in the mainstream of the democratic party is just, unabridged unabashed just let them rip and run capitalism yeah no and and, and well, you know those of us on the left like socialists what we want to do is decommodify the vast majority of goods and services that essentially are that are essential right mm-hmm. um especially healthcare, housing school. and healthcare. yeah yeah and so the idea being that like if if those things are publicly run publicly owned like if we if we built like public housing and most people lived in public housing like they, the way they do in vienna austria for example then it becomes much easier to resist those booms and busts of prices you know what i mean like housing prices remain relatively stable because the government just kind of owns them and they just kind of set the rents and like mm-hmm. you know if they need more money then they can tax people uh, to, to get it, usually in an ideal world, you tax the wealthiest, right? Um, to, to, to claw back those, 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 that, that money, you know what I mean? And so like, that's why we want to decommodify housing, healthcare, you know, essential food, uh, the basics, you know what I mean? Because that will allow people to survive these ups and downs, which inevitably happen from, you know, whatever natural disaster or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, like things happen. It should happen. A yeah. global pandemic, whatever. Yeah, you know, it should happen. Should um, when 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 shit is decommodified, um, there is a more. There, it is easier for the state, especially in an era of like advanced computers. I mean, this was always like the problem in in like the early twentieth century when these these control economies tried to do that. Is that they were like, you know, there wasn't just like the computing power to be able to you know manage these complex uh, economies. Like these days. I mean, that, that's one of the books, like, uh, I think it's Lee Phillips who wrote a book called, like, uh, you know, uh, something like Red Walmart or something, where he, put, he posits, like, the idea of, like, Walmart essentially is, like, a centrally planned economy that controls prices. Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher-turned-podcast producer, and I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum-sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high-quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that 
out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at ButcherBox.com Dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. If that was just publicly owned for di- different goals other than profit, right? Like you know, they have the, the skills to like adjust, you know, yeah, uh, on a very quick level. Walmart because they can like yeah. <laughs> your local grocery store, which could be selling whatever. Walmart's gonna be like, no, you're not selling it for that price because we're selling it lower than your ass, right? And we're gonna put you out of business <laughs> if you don't meet us yeah. at that price, right? And you know, they're big enough to do it for their own ends, but if we could do it. Um, to the benefit of the public. And some people might say, well, you're putting that local grocer out of business. Well, maybe you shouldn't be in business where you selling baby formula to folks, man. Maybe yeah. that shouldn't be a business, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like maybe that just shouldn't be a business. Or if it is, it's its own and ran in some kind of profit sharing situation with the government, sort of like the MTA in New York. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's yeah. both public and um, what you would call it, private. And you know, the reason why the MTA can't come out tomorrow and be like, yeah, we charging y'all $6 for fares is because nah, like the, they, it's, it's co-owned by the government as well. Right. And so, yeah, at worst, maybe we could do this public private pr- partnership, but like, man, yo, like, <laughs> you know, people selling you medical insurance, like that, that can't be the wave. And yes. And the reason why the Dems can't come out against Procter and Gamble and, you know, uh, motherfucking Nestle, like that New York Times piece suggested, uh, is, is, uh, cause that is the Democratic Party. They are the Democratic Party. Like these corporations are who make up the brain trust of the party. So the people who are actually causing the problems, people like certain kind of Democrats can just say, um, You know, it's kind of fucked up that the corporations are just killing it in profits and the only people feeling any of the pinch are us like like they don't feel anything. They didn't make any sacrifices. They didn't do any belt tightening. They didn't do any of that. Just every the only people feeling the pain is us. They they can't even come out and say, like, these are the people doing it, you know, so here's what we're going to do about it, because that's ridiculous. You can't. (laughs) <laughs> the Democratic Party's not going to do something about the Democratic Party, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a... Yeah, I mean, it's just great, you know. It's, great all <laughs> it's fantastic. Great. I love when we could just deliver the best news to the audience. Nah. And yeah, and that just, you know, it just, it just took me out because, again, like I said, I've been on this, like, sort of just wariness of of this good versus evil fucking shit that the Dems are always going with. And, you know, yes, I think denying a rape victim abortion is evil. And, like, in that case, yes, there's a sort of, like, you know, obvious fucked upness about all of that. But, like, man, you can't tell, like, you can't apply this sort of um, bipolar logic to every single thing and they just use it to just manipulate cats 
you know, where it's just like, yeah, if you don't support Ukraine, you know, this woke war, because this war is woke, don't you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, if you don't support this woke war, you're an asshole. You know, if, if I mean, OnlyFans yeah. doesn't put the Ukraine flag when you're signing in, there's some assholes. You you don't want to jag off <laughs> with some assholes. <laughs> the Ukraine stuff, man, is 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 grim. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you're just like we're just like you know, plowing. You know, we're just like throwing down the thrusters into the iceberg. Yep. You know, and just not even like anyone who tries to consider like maybe we should avoid the iceberg. Yeah. Um, is like smeared as you know. Well, Nando, don't something. you want the democracy around the world? Yeah, don't you want like, democracy? No, no, no. In I'd Ukraine? rather like just not do nuclear war. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How about that? <laughs> How about we just don't want the war? Like maybe we should like let's work towards to stopping the war. War. Yeah. And if the Russians got to win some, so be it. Okay. Yeah. Like that's that's what happens when you're Ukraine and they're Russia. So right. be it. Uh, the Russians yeah. might have to get a win out of this. Yeah. If that means this shit stops and we move on with our lives, then yeah. It's like, yeah. well, how would you feel if you were Ukrainian? It's like, bro. Not good. I mean, well, that's the thing is like the, the, the real policy should be like investing bajillions of dollars in like, you know, a refugee program that like helps people resettle sure. like, if they want, you know, like that would be fine. Not, we would never invest in that, no. you know? No. Um, Bring them to Encino, you know? man. Yeah. Like that, that, you know, <laughs> you know, what Russia did is a, is a, a world historic crime. Like no one's denying that. Is it worth committing suicide over, you know? No. Like ending humanity? And, and again, like, it doesn't help to do this good versus evil rhetoric against the Russians. That's not going to, like, we need to get to a point where we can negotiate a ceasefire, like a stop to all of this. And yeah. be like, yo, like, all right, you guys are dying to have some type of win out of this. And like, all right, Ukraine is going to have to eat it. And that's kind of what happens. Like, you know, that's what happens when we do business with any other fucking nation that we decide we, we want to fuck with. We get our way every yeah. single time. It don't matter if it's a dictator that we're getting out of the way or the democratically elected regime. We yeah. get our way all the time. <laughs> like other countries are going to have that dominion, especially over a place that's like in their backyard. But, you know, nah, the evil Russians, if if we don't keep supporting a war against the evil Russians, we're bastards for that. It's yeah. it's it's ridiculous, you know. And again, it, it, and, it, and like it see it, it would feel like the Russian Ukraine thing is 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 a part, but it's not. It's of a piece of the messaging of mainstream democratic party where it's this bullshit about preserving democracy. And it's nothing about like, yo, what are you going, what are these people going to do tomorrow when their rent goes up in a way that their job hasn't given them a raise to cover? Yeah. Fuck the war in Ukraine got to do with it, you know, but you know, such is life. But I do want to move on to the Senate races, man, because I think it's, it's fascinating What's happening in Pennsylvania with Fetterman and Dr. Oz, which, again, I, I, I have to preface this by saying, like, the idea that the Dems can't just beat Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania, which is... I mean, like I this- feel like that one, that one is a little bit of bad luck. I mean, the Fetterman yeah. stroke really That's seems tough. to be evening up. Like, because Fetterman was going to destroy him, mm-hmm. you know? He was he was running a good campaign and he was and he was but then he fucking went off you know like you we can't have nice things you know like Fetterman actually did seem like a kind of 
you know, he's not like Bernie in the sense that he's no. he's definitely not as as he's not uh, a socialist. Uh, he's, not, he's not like a, yeah, he's not like a he's not like a proper socialist the way Bernie is like a died in the yeah. world. But like you know, in terms of like a populist kind of left candidate yeah. that could that could kind of break some of this uh, class demobilization that the Democrats are are embarking mm-hmm. upon, which is just like abandoning working class voters. Like Fetterman did seem like the guy that could maybe stop that trend and maybe even reverse it. Like you know win some working class voters he performed pretty like relatively well compared to other democrats in in uh with those voters and and then he just goes off and has a fucking stroke you know like worse luck kind of there's bad luck for us you know what I mean? yeah like um but yeah i mean it is it is kind of shocking that you know there is a chance that dr fucking oz is going to be a senator like a senator you know <laughs> like, we're not talking about no congressman you know like a senator is, oh my god there's like only 50 of them you know bro senator senator yeah. the most hallowed body institution yeah. These these people have been smelling their own farts for hundreds okay. of okay. years. Let's imagine Dr. Oz winning the Senate, and he just like saddles over to the Senate cloakroom and meets, uh, like bumps into Tommy Tuberville. You know, <laughs> could you imagine him being like, "Hey, yeah, coach, <laughs> um, who's it's quarterback in this bill?" Uh, coach, it, you know, like, uh... whose quarterback in this bill is hilarious. The <laughs> idea that either of those two clowns um, would be trying to do anything legislatively just cracks me up. But yeah, the yeah. Fetterman thing is unfortunate because, you know, to relate it back to what we were just talking about, it's like this dude was up there talking about these bread and butter issues. And um, he was doing it in a sort of way. He's not like. You know, just think of your normal, boring, annoying. He's not Democratic. annoying. Yeah, he's not. He's not Tim Kaine. Yeah. Right. Like he's just not that. He's not he's Beto not... O'Rourke. Exactly. You know? He's not. Oh my God, Beto. He's not Beto O'Rourke. Like he's like a normal seeming dude talking about shit that his constituents care about, and he's of the land. He's of the people. And like, man, this guy managed to win the fucking nomination of the Democratic Party in a real important state of Pennsylvania. And Running man, the National Democrats, like, you know, the, they had another guy. The fucking mm-hmm. Democratic Party wanted some other guy, some fucking guy. You know what I mean? Like a Tim Kaine ass motherfucker. Some dude, you know I mean? some schmuck that was part of the club. Yeah. Essentially. They, they did not want him. And again, like I said, like, I mean, much has been made about like, oh, there's no successor to Bernie. Bernie's old. Like, oh, AOC, she's like on the cover of Vogue. And like, that doesn't seem like, you know, the best kind of, you know, strategy to like win over working class. But, you know, you know what I mean? Like, okay, so maybe it's not AOC. Maybe she's too like, she comes off as like kind of like a Democrat plus, if that makes sense. Like, a, yeah. you know, she's coastal and educated and into like, you know, I don't know, whatever. But like, um, you know, Fetterman did seem like, even though he, even though like AOC probably is like a socialist, like she probably is, like a, like in her heart of hearts, like in her mm-hmm. ideology or whatever. Um, and Fetterman is not, but Fetterman does seem to have the potential to mobilize working class voters the way Barack Obama did. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, yeah. Which, which is, which they've been bleeding, you know, since then, since, since 2008, when Obama won a majority of white working class voters. People forget. You know what I mean? Insane. Like. Could you even imagine any Democrat doing that tomorrow? No, 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 no. impossible, impossible. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, he seemed like maybe he's the guy who's going to, maybe like if he becomes a national politician, he can sort of turn the tide around, around this kind of class demobilization, which is poison for not just the Democrats, but for the entire kind of political spectrum. Like nothing can be worse than two parties that dominate politics, both of which are kind of split in terms of their class alignment. You know, that like there's rich people in their support Republicans and there's working class mm -hmm. people that support Republicans and then there's rich people who support Democrats. And that means that, that which which means that the only that thing that will ever get done exactly the bullshit. only thing that will ever get done is rich people shit. Yeah, like that, you that's obvious. The, like the that's obvious. <laughs> and then the politics, but then all we talk about is bullshit, you know, because yeah. like so like what pick one or the other, you know, like Republicans or Democrats. Like I'm skeptical that the working class will kind of take over the Republican party. You know what I mean? Like there's some people even on the left like Glenn Greenwald kind of thinks that that there's this mo movement that's going to happen where like, there's going to be a class realignment, you know, where like Democrats in the 20th century used to be the party of the working class. Like ever since, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the, the sort of early part of the 20th century um, and through basically the 1980s and 1990s, the Democrats had a strategy, a clear strategy to just win over working class voters. They had a majority dominated Congress and Senate for all those decades um and the republicans had the bourgeois that has been just completely that's over i'm skeptical that it will actually flip you know that that the republicans will become the party of the majority working class I mean, um and that the democrats just don't will just have become, they're not gonna give out enough of the trinkets man it's only but so much it is the religiosity yes that works um the the i think the cop shit is really working class. <laughs> like to be honest, like the yeah. the, the cop fucking yeah. I, I think that is like super working class. Is like yeah, I just know look at we, everyone who has everyone you've ever seen with like a Blue Lives Matter sticker on the back of their car. Like it's not yeah. a guy driving a fucking Tesla. In, no, uh, it's not you know, on the upper west side or whatever. Um, I don't know what they're gonna. I don't know that they got enough trinkets to give out. Because some of their shit is just so hollow. But who knows, man? They always figure out a way, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> they just always seem to, to figure no, out a way to keep the train rolling. Like, some of the like the school stuff, where it's like th this trans kid shit. Like, working class families don't want to hear about that shit, bro. Like, I'm sorry. Like, people don't want to hear it, but they skew way more conservative on this stuff. That shit is effective. With working class families, where they're like scaring the shit out of them and saying like, "Oh, there's teachers dressing up as cats," and like all of this crazy shit. They're eating tuna fish out of a can and shit. All this crazy shit they're feeding. Not to say that like, oh, all of these non-college educated family type um, situations are like idiots or whatever. I'm just saying like the school fear mongering, the school closing shit, the religiosity, the cop shit, a lot of that speaks to a broad um, spectrum of working class people. Like, yeah, a lot of black people don't want to hear about cop loving, cop fucking, but a lot of the rest of them do, bro. Like, including Hispanics, bro. Like, a lot of them do be loving cop fucking. So, like, they're, they're, yeah. they're, they, 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 they're on to something. I just don't know. I think there's a limit to what they can offer. I mean, there's going to be a rupture at some point, you know, but it, it could last. I mean, so Matt Carp wrote a really great article for Jacobin several months ago, maybe even a year ago, like that I think everyone should read. It's a long one, but I think everyone we should read. We had Matt Carp up here. That was a great episode. Yeah, we, yeah, and we had him on. 
he he describes what the politics were like in the second half of the 19th century, which is the first Gilded Age, right? Which was remarkably similar to ours in that that there was a two-party system and the parties were split amongst working class voters and kind of bourgeois capitalists, you know? So there was like, the Democrats were a combination of like Southern plant, planter gentry racists and then Irish workers in the North, you know what I mean? Um, and, and Italian workers like in New York City. And the Republicans were a combination of black people or working class black people and like railroad tycoons. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. um, yeah. it was like the, nothing got done. <laughs> Only things that, like you said, benefited the rich. Um, and they were just, they just spent all day yelling about bullshit. You know what I mean? Like kind of like what we do now in politics. We spend all day yelling about bullshit instead of just kind of like, a, okay, this is the pie. How are we going to split it up? You know, mm. like a little bit for you, a little bit for me here. And like, this is like the everlasting fight. And that's what happens in a politics that is class aligned, you know, in which there's two parties, one of which is for the rich, one of which is for the poor. Um, and they fight it out. You know what I mean? That's kind of how politics was in the 20th century. Um, and it's been de-aligned in a way that has made everyone go crazy, you know, and there's going to be a rupture at some point because there's going to be some sort of movement from below. I mean, they're doing everything possible to keep us, you know, medicated and sanitized and entertained and things mm -hmm. like that, like kind of keeping us, you know, comfortable as best we can. Um, to avoid that, but eventually that's going to break and there's going to be some sort of rupture from below, but that's going to be hard to predict. It's going to come out of nowhere. We're never going to be able to see it coming. Um, and whether that turns into like a working class Republican party or a working class Democratic party or just something else that's even more unstable and 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 scary is is just impossible to predict. But that's that's kind of where we're at right now. We're stuck in this perpetual shouting match in which nothing of substance ever is even discussed let alone acted upon man again more just <laughs> rosy dispositions from the woke bros uh that's our show for today make sure you become a patreon at patreon.com backslash count the dings we're up in the content on that thing a lot of special goodies we got on patreon um these days so please make sure you support this show by a cup of coffee per month um, on patreon.com backslash count the dings. We'll be back next week. Peace out, y'all.